What's going on, everybody? Before we get into this episode of the Demo Radio Show, I want to remind you all, if you aren't already, to hit that subscribe button. Also, hit the notifications button so that you'll get any notifications when I go live. Oh, as always, hit the like and share button and tell everybody about what we're doing over here on the Demo Radio Show. All right, time for the show. first came out and you said what you said, you know, in regards to Gail, yes. my heart dropped. I felt like not only were you talking to Gail, but you were talking to me. Yeah. I was like, oh no, Snoop has now taken his power flow away from me, away from Willow, mm. away from my mother, Mm-mm. right? I was like, oh, if this is what's happening, I was like, not Snoop. Right. Right? And so that's one of the reasons why I felt like I really wanted to have the conversation with you in the, in the spirit of healing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Demo Radio Show. Let's get right to it. When I did my um, episode on this channel called Snoop Apologize, But We Won't, um, you can go check that out. A lot of people, I got a lot of feedback, people saying that, you know, I was yelling a lot and I was very charged up. And I was, I was very angry because um, what Snoop went through, what, what, what Snoop did was admirable, you know, standing up for Kobe Bryant who had just tragically died and was being slandered in the media as a rapist. Um, incorrectly, by the way. And so what I felt like when Snoop did was was admirable. Um, I believe my perspective is we live in this we live in a in a country in a world that's dominated by white supremacy, and that the image of the black male is always going to be and black people a black person in general is always going to be um, dragged through the mud. But definitely black men, especially if they're accused of something as heinous as sexual assault or rape. And even though Kobe was vindicated, even though the woman was proven to be unbelievable, she was not credible. Uh, he still, even after, even while his body was still burning, he hadn't been buried yet. And I want to, I want to keep stressing that point because that is part of the reason why I'm, I'm siding with Snoop. Um, you know, he was getting, like I said, while his body, like the day he went through the accident, you had journalists on Twitter saying how he was a rapist and writing think pieces about it. And I found that wholly inappropriate. And then when Gail did what she did with Lisa, with Lisa Leslie saying that you wouldn't know though, but you wouldn't know. I thought that was very inappropriate. And then some of the, some of the co-signing of like the, the thing that made me so mad on the episode was that people were running to Gail's um, support. And I didn't, I didn't like that. I thought I, and like, and like the Colin Kaepernick situation, I find with the Kobe Bryant situation, people are missing the fact that this is a dead man we're talking about. And regardless what Snoop said or how he said it, or what I said in my episode or how I said it, the point remains that we should not be okay with what she did. And what did I say in that episode? I missed all of the the, the the anger that was spilling over. I said that one, Snoop looks weak, and two, he was gonna have to come out and do an apology tour. And like clockwork, he came out and did his apology tour. I put the screen up, I put this picture up on the uh, screen and you take a look. Snoop doesn't look like he's pretty strong to me. He looks like a boy being chastised for doing something wrong, being in the principal's office. I'm sure he's been in this position many a times. I've been in that position many a times. And it's not one that makes you feel like a man. And this is not one that makes you feel empowered. But we all knew this was gonna happen because people got lost in the point that 
people got drowned out by what Snoop said, like his word choice. Instead of saying, but you know what? You know, what he stood for is the point. And fish food is for the fishes. So at the end of the day, I expect most people out in the world to take that bait. But when people around me and people that I know are taking that bait, that that's what made me very frustrated. So at the end of the day, Snoop began his apology tour, y'all. I mean, we expected this. Those of you that are intelligent black people or intelligent people in general, you, you knew this was coming because this is what the media does. When Colin Kaepernick kneeled, they made it about the flag. When Snoop stood up and took a very principled stance, one that most people, when it's probably reiterated to you and explained to you or, or you know, your memories refreshed on what actually happened, I think most people can agree like, yeah, that maybe you're right. That, that, wasn't a, that wasn't a good look for Gail to do that. But once again, Snoop is the only one that has to come out and apologize for his word choice and things of that nature. When Gail should be apologizing right along with him. And we should always keep the focus on that because she should be apologizing right along with him. Because what she did was, was just as bad. It's not even worse. Because the man that she was trying to cast aspersions on is not even alive to defend himself. So I hope that my point is being made very well, because like I said before, it's not when as a, as a man in general, especially as a black man in this country, in this society, what we're up against, we cannot afford to be saying things that we don't mean. We cannot afford to be calling women bitches if we don't mean it. We can't afford to be taking stands if we're gonna fall back off them. We can't afford to speak our heart if we're gonna come back around and say things like, you know, you know, and come out and apologize for the most part. Because when you apologize, it implies that you didn't mean what you did. But if you mean what you did, you know, you should stand on it. Not saying that you can't be wrong and apologize for being wrong, but Snoop wasn't wrong. <laughs> you know, just like Colin Kaepernick isn't wrong. It's just like there's a, whole, a host of other black men and maybe you out there listening in your life in individual circumstances where you weren't wrong, but maybe people got caught up in your tone and, and things that really don't matter because if you're talking to people about an issue or if you're talking to people who have some respect for you, then there should be a level of like, okay, this, is, this conversation is going to be how it is. But it's always the people that you're speaking to about an issue that are always concerned about your tone or your um, choice of words. They never really dissect what you're saying. Now, if you're dissecting what Snoop's saying, then fine. But if you can't really dissect what Snoop's saying because what Snoop said was very much on par and on code with what needed to be said at the time. And he shouldn't have apologized for it. I'm not apologizing for the angry ranting episode that I did because that type of energy is needed at some time to shake people up, to make people understand that this is not a game. You know, we can't have black men out here trying to stand and black women, you shouldn't want this either, but we can't have, and we shouldn't have, we can't have black people out there who are choosing to stand in the gap for us, who get back down because that as a whole makes us look, look weak. And I just hope that that, hope this whole episode with Snoop and Gail has put it, crystallized that this is how it works for black men in this society. This is how it works for generally black people in this society. We're always expected to defer, to kowtow, to have our eyes low, to never speak forcefully, never speak with any tone, never to speak with any type of heart or spirit, never to have any type of Feelings about never have never have any type of indignant emotion about anything. That's what kind of is trying to get bred out of most black people. Not you. They don't really don't want you to have any spirit about anything. No tone. No no anger. No anything about anything. Because you as a black person, you don't have the right to be mad. 
And that's basically what this apology tour, because it is going to be a tour. Snoop is going to hit a couple more um, spots too, I imagine, before he's all done. But that's what this tour is about. It's Snoop saying, you know what, I apologize for being angry. No, Snoop shouldn't apologize for being angry. But, you know, you live and you learn. But moving on to another point um, I want to touch on, which is actually all related, to be honest with you. So the House of Representatives, you know, our beloved, one half of our beloved uh, House of Congress, they voted to pass a bill this week to make federal to make lynching a federal crime and they call it a historic vote and if you're black like i'm black and you feel how i feel and you're educated like i'm educated and you know what i know which i presume you do if you're here and you're listening to this this should be an outrage to you and this is why i harken back to my last point we don't need black men or black people out here fighting standing speaking for us if they're going to back down this is what we're up against Generation after generation of black man and woman had to live with the fear of being lynched. We had um, legislation passed. If you want, if you skipped here, it says right here at the very at the end of the article. It says the bill notes that nearly two hundred anti-lynching bills were introduced in Cong Congress during the first half of the twentieth century, and between 19, 1890 and nineteen fifty-two, seven presidents petitioned Congress to end lynching. Listen to what I'm saying. This is what I always try to, well, y'all, everybody says that I'm ranting and raving on here. This is, these are the points that I'm trying to drive home to you. As a black American, you are subject to racial violence. Now they come with this anti-lynching bill and they call it the Emmett Till bill and it's, and it's historic and it's HR 35 anti-lynching legislation, but they're not doing anything about the, about the police brutality. See, they passed the Blue Lives Matter bill. And that's what I'm always trying to tell you. White supremacy, white people always a day late and a dollar short. And that's why we have to take our affairs into our, our own power, our own control. The Congressional Black Caucus, all these other, and there wasn't really any black um, congressmen after 1924, up until like the 1970s anyway, there wasn't really that many. So, you know, you, you, we could kind of, you know, give, not give Congress a break, but give any black people in Congress to break on that because there was the sheer numbers. But the point I'm trying to make is they can't get anything done until it's too late. We have no use for this anti-lynching bill. They're saying that it's a 410 four to four vote. I mean, why now? When Ida B. Wells was protesting this, when black people were living it and the civil rights movement was talking about it, it's it's a straight spit in the face to call the Emmett Till bill damn near 70 years after the dude is, after what happened to him. And, and, and I'm trying to curb my anger now. Because this is what we need to wake up and understand that this is a 360 degree, you know, four or five dimensional white thing that we're dealing with white supremacy. This is not some one off. This is not the KKK. These people had the power to pass this legislation decades ago when black people were getting hung from trees. When Billie Holiday is singing Strange Fruit because she's going down south and she's seeing like, dang, like she's seeing a, a black lynching in blood. You know what I mean? Like we're, this is part of our culture and they, they take it as a joke. Like I said, they're a day late and a dollar short. Now cops are killing us. And now they're hiding behind the badge. But we can't do anything about that. We say black lives matter. They give us blue lives matter. So this is not a victory for us, this anti-lynching bill. This is actually a disgrace. And this should anger you as a black American. That no matter what you and the people that and, and, and your ancestors and the people that came before you did for this country as far as servitude, getting whipped on the back, smiling in the face, Jim Crow, taking it. This is what we still get as a middle finger. And they have the nerve to meet, the white media has the nerve to call it a historical, a historic land boom. No, it's not historic. It would have been historic in fucking 1910, in 1890, in 1872. That's when it would have been historic. 
for the federal government to drop its nuts and actually stand on something, stand on humanity. If it says here, the legislation states, only by coming to terms with history can the United States effectively champion human rights abroad. What about the present? What about now? And since we're talking about coming to rights with history, what about the reparations though? We want that too. So I hope this episode, I was able to bring this stuff kind of full circle to you and more crystallize my message and my vision and what I'm trying to bring to you is that we don't have time to be weak. Stop being scared of speaking up to a white person that's getting on your nerves. So stop being scared to speak about your blackness in terms of legislation and history in this country. We should not, it should not take us 80 years or so, depending on how you want to look at it, over a hundred and some years to get anti-lynching legislation passed in this country, black people. This is a failure on that. We should not look at this as any type of success, any type of victory at all. It's a day late and a dollar short, not even a day late. It's like 150 years late and $16 trillion short. And we should not look at that as a success. We should be embarrassed. We should be frustrated. We should be angry. And we should want to do something about it. Our government is failing us. It's not failing the white citizens. It's failing us. Yes, they feel like it's failing them because a lot of most of them aren't white and powerful. That's the only reason why. It's not because they see the human rights violations that you go through. Black people were getting lynched. Black, in 1955, that happened to Emmett Till. 1955. I read in the, this book that I'm reading, The Warmth of Other Sons, about a brother who got taken from a jail in Alabama, brought to Mariana, Florida, which is like an hour's drive from where I live now. I've been to Mariana, Florida. Lynched, mutilated, and there was no justice. So now you want to come to me in 2020 with a lynching bill when brothers was dying in the 1900s and 1890s and 1930s and 20s and 50s of lynching and you did nothing? No justice? Carolyn Bryant, the white woman that lied on Emmett Till is still alive? Yet you want me to be happy with an anti-lynching bill? No. You want me to, to, to not call Gail King out of her BS when she's, she's you know, in, 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 in I would say, uh, uh, neo-lynching Kobe Bryant for the alleged rape of a white woman. His body's burning in a helicopter crash. And she's talking about how he raped a white woman. Hmm. So no, I would not apologize for my anger. But at the end of the day, we knew Snoop was going to apologize. But, and the point still should remain. We don't need to be taking stands that we can't back up. We don't need to be speaking words that we can't stand on. Thank you, thank you everybody for listening to this edition of the Demo Radio Show. You can subscribe to me on Twitter at DMC for President. Follow me on Twitter at DMC for President. You can subscribe to the Demo Radio Show right here on my YouTube channel. Also, like this video, share this video. Until next time, y'all.